Hey everybody, welcome back into 614 and Beyond. I am Jason, aka Fire the Cannon, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Fire the Cannon. That's at F1 R E the Cannon. Uh, going to give you some Blue Jacket updates. Um, not really a lot to update on. Obviously, it's been a tough year, as we all know. Don't want to keep harping on that, but. Uh, um, Cool thing, uh, back on the 4th, uh, March 4th, we actually went up to uh, Cleveland for the Monsters outdoor game. And supposed to start at 1 o'clock. Had a terrible, terrible weather delay. There was just way too much sun. <laughs> and uh, I know it sounds stupid saying that, but yeah, they had too much sun. And it was melting the ice. And so they had to wait until the uh, sun went down to play the game. So they started the game at 6. It was supposed to start at 1. Uh, a lot of people don't understand why they wanted to start it at 1. I mean, obviously the Cavs and Blue Jackets played that night. And so they put it on during the day on Valley Sports to, you know, they wanted as many people watching it as they possibly could. And the sad part about it is that they uh, couldn't actually televise it after that. So uh, tough day all around uh kind of ruined everybody's plans we had plans to go to the game and then walk around downtown cleveland and then go to uh a bar and watch the uh, blue jackets play the uh ottawa senators and obviously that didn't happen uh most of us well well not most of us a lot of us went back to the game and uh just fired up the blue jacket game on our phones as we uh watched the monsters and uh baby penguins play and uh monsters won in overtime pretty cool got to see the baby penguins whine and complain about uh about the game winning goal so that was pretty cool um but yeah so they lost uh the, i'm sorry the monsters won uh but then the blue jackets lost to the senators and got got their butts handed to them so um good good and bad right everybody uh you know we're to the point where we don't need points so just play competitive games um yeah and then we go to pittsburgh on the seventh which was two days ago, and get uh, jump out four nothing, which was awesome. You know, we haven't won there in eight years, and everybody's thinking, "Yeah, we're gonna win." And I think everybody deep down knew that uh, Penguins were gonna claw their way back. So I'm sitting here watching at a bar, and uh, I made the comment, "You know, they're gonna they're gonna come here. Be ready." And uh, yeah, that's what they did. They came back and tied it in the four or uh, tied it at four in the third, and then won it in overtime. So. Yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, so after that game, uh, if we look at the reverse power rankings, uh, we got the Blue Jackets at number one with 47 points. They are currently 20, 37, and 7. Uh, two points clear of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks at 49 points. And let's see, San Jose has 50 points. Yeah, they have 50 points. They have 12 overtime losses, though. So I hate to, you know, you take away those overtime losses, and, and uh, they're pretty much the worst team in the league. Uh, Anaheim is sitting at 51 points. I believe they picked up a point last night. I thought they had 50. Maybe they had 51. Um, anyway, they have 50, 51 points, so four points clear of them. And in Arizona, uh, 54 points. They are... Um, Arizona's been playing halfway decent. I think they're uh, what four, four and two in their last ten. Which I mean, for a team that's tanking, that's that's pretty decent. Um, yeah. So the Blue Jackets are four, three and three in their last ten. Uh, 
Chicago's five and five. Uh, the lowly San Jose Sharks are two seven and one in their last ten. Anaheim four three and three, and Arizona four four and two. <clears throat> so the uh, the the teams that are supposedly tanking aren't doing a very good job. Uh, <laughs> but then coming up, um, you know, you got four more teams though sneaking into the mix here. You got the Canadians with fifty seven points, and then three teams tied at fifty nine: St. Louis, Vancouver, and Philadelphia. Now I know they're they're twelve points clear of us. Um, or actually, we should say we're 12 points clear of them. Um, but really, you have, what, nine, ten teams that are all pretty much waving the white flag at this point. Um, if you go look at the last ten for those uh, four teams I named there, Montreal, three and six, St. Louis, two, six and two, Vancouver, six, three and one. They're actually playing pretty well. And then Philadelphia at two, seven and one. So pretty much, I mean, it's a mixed bag. Uh, lots of teams over, you know, sitting right around 500 in the last 10. Um, and then you got a, you know, Vancouver and, um, really Vancouver is the best team out of all that. It's been playing the, playing the best hockey. So, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be crazy to come down to the end here, uh, and see who can, um, win <laughs> the reverse president's trophy. They should have a trophy for the biggest loser. That would be, um, that would be kind of awesome. Um, but yeah, so um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I actually posed on Twitter today. You know, should the Blue Jackets uh, start, you know, shutting guys down here at the end of the season? You know, whatever it be Line A or um, Gaudreau, Gabranson. I mean, you name it. You know, who, uh, who, you know, who, whoever, you know, insert name here. Should they be shutting guys down at the end of the season? Everybody's hurt. Everybody's nicked up. So it's just a matter of you know, should they do it or not? And um, someone made the comment that, you know, leave it up to the, leave it up to the team, or I'm sorry, leave it up to the player, uh, to decide, you know, whether or not they want to take the night off, you know, and, and let's be honest, most athletes like taking days off, you know, they, they play a lot, they practice almost every day. So, uh, yeah, what should we do? Um, coming up here, we got St. Louis. At home on Saturday, again, we never beat St. Louis, but we usually, if we do beat them, it's usually at home. Um, and St. Louis has not been playing well at all, so we'll see how that goes. And then next week. Next week is the big week. It's the West Coast California trip. San Jose on the 14th, massive game. <laughs> massive game. Um, they will play at 10.30 Eastern on the 14th. Two days later, we go battle. Um, really, my my closet love team, this, the LA Kings, new home of um, uh, Jonas Corposalo and uh, Gavrikov. Ten thirty on Thursday, another super late game, and then the next night in Anaheim. So, if you've been around for a while, you will know that the Blue Jackets very rarely win on the West Coast. Period. Like they never do. They can't go and play those three teams and get half the points it, it's happened but they can very rarely they might scrape out two points now with two of those three teams in tank mode it's going to be interesting to see how it goes uh, but i watched the anaheim game last night and trevor zegers is still a monster the dude just is just making he can just make sick plays uh anaheim i, th- I, th- I do think we lose the anaheim game i think we get beat by the ducks just like we did at home uh la they're in a playoff spot they're actually um, you know, they're actually doing fairly well. I mean, they have 
80, what, 82 point fifth in the National Hockey League, so with 82 points. So I think we get killed there. And uh, San Jose, that's the big one. Yeah, that is the big game. Um, if we get points against St. Louis on Saturday and then go to uh, San Jose and win there, um, that could set up for a very, <laughs> very bad week uh, in CBJ land for the um, for the Pro Tankers. So we'll see how that goes. Um, following Anaheim on Friday, take Saturday off, and then go to Vegas on Sunday. Uh, most likely we'll get steamrolled by Vegas on Sunday. And then a couple days after that, we have Washington on the road. So we have five straight road games. Uh, again, there was only three. There's only three home games in all of March, and we're almost done. We got a game in two days, and then that's pretty much it. So we'll see how that goes. The last home game of the month is at home against the Islanders. We usually lose to the Islanders, um, but we'll see how that uh, you know see how see how it plays out. And then on the road against Montreal, back back to back Friday and Saturday, home and away against Montreal. That's usually a tough game. And then at the Rangers and at Boston to finish the month. So, uh, yeah, this month, um, huge month. This is it. I've always said, I've said from the beginning that March, I mean, this team really didn't have to tank. Even if they were somewhat close to a playoff spot, they didn't have to tank just based on the um, the March you know, schedule. But, you know, obviously you tack in all the other factors that have, you know, that's went on this year and all the other crap and you know we're in a position we're in so it's funny someone asked me today whether or not this was the worst season ever and on paper i guess in the standings okay fine it's the it's the worst season ever the 2001 2002 season um i think they finished up with 57 points or something like that i i mean obviously that was the worst season in team history but that team was just bad. Expansion team, second season, they overperformed the first season. Um, came crashing back down to reality the second season with 57 points. But this, I, even though we're terrible in terms of points and you know it's been a tough season with the injuries and all that other crap, I'm still excited. People are still excited. We're selling out the arena, going to games. People are shows, you know, we had a season ticket holder event last night and there was – just an unbelievable amount of season ticket holders showed up. So, yes, even though it is bad, we're still there. Like, we're still, <laughs> it's still exciting, right? We have the, you know, depending on wh- where you read, we have anywhere from the first to the third ranked prospect pool in the in the National Hockey League. And we have bona fide superstars on the team while we're doing a rebuild that signed here. So, it's exciting. Uh, I think... Personally, we have to land one of the top three picks, obviously. That's no no secret. It'd be ideal to land one or two. Um, but, yes, I will say it. The NHL, you know, the big, the big thing is, will the NHL allow us to get the top pick? Will they do it? And we shall see. I've, I've, I've said from the beginning that I thought Anaheim was going to get the number one pick. Uh, the NHL needs the LA market to be good again. Uh, the Kings are kind of there on their road up, and the Ducks are rebuilding. So, I don't know. St. Louis is nowhere close. Or not St. Louis, uh, San Jose. They're nowhere close. So, I think it's going to be Anaheim. I, I, I think Chicago should still be under punishment for what happened. 
um, with, with the hell that they've put the NHL through the last uh, couple years. So we'll see how that goes. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still excited. I know a lot of people are. So there you go. Um, reverse power rankings again. Uh, if we go back to the, the number one power rankings, Boston is just insane. They have 103 points. They're 49-8-5. It's just absolutely ridiculous. They've It's just just ridiculous. I, I swear I... Everybody said they were going to take a step back this year because of their age, but um, that's not happening. So, but I would like to see Nick Foligno uh, win a championship. So that'd be pretty uh, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and then you got Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, and then Vegas and LA. So Vegas and LA are the tied for um, they're tied for the Atlanta. I'm sorry, the Pacific. Uh, Tops in the Pacific, 82 points, are the first Western Conference teams in the uh, in the overall league standings. So, yeah, let's go. Let's. Uh, I think we got what? How many games we got left? Uh, where are we at? We have 18 games left. So, 18 games left to knock out as many competitive losses as we can and uh, go from there. So, hopefully, they can do this and we get a good pick and blah, blah, blah. I know people are sick and tired of hearing about it, honestly. I, I know I am. Anytime I, I've, I've actually muted the word tank in Twitter. So, sorry, people who uh, tweet me and I don't respond. Um, yeah, so I've actually muted that. So, all right. Um, well, okay, so I asked um, a question on Twitter uh, a few days ago. And that question went as followed. What's the first memory you have of being a CBJ fan? And I got some interesting responses. I did have some people that used the hashtag 614pod, so I will get to theirs first here. Um, Logan Anthony Jones. Let's see, what's their hashtag? What's their... Uh, Logan A, at Logan A. Jones 34 says, When Rick Nash used to have the 61 Club, my school was a part of a couple years, and I got tickets to go to my first game. I remember up in, like, from, like, 214 to 217, they used to have, like, Rick's Renegades and, like, uh, you know, who else? Federoff's federalities i don't know whatever uh but they had like you know and they had they always gave away tickets and there was always a bunch of kids sitting up there uh you know mid-ice and they had all the graphics and stuff like that so yeah i remember i remember that uh let's see at m tus underscore 48 i remember the 16 17 season i would uh check every so often to see how they were doing and when they went on a massive winning streak i decided now's the time to take them serious and i wanted to go to a game and I followed ever since. Funny story: when I worked, um, or actually, I still work there, but uh, I was obviously the, the the CBJ guy in the office. And during that win streak, I had people all the time coming up to me, asking me about the win streak. And I would always tell them, "Stay on the bandwagon. Stay on the bandwagon." And uh, some of them have. A lot of them haven't. They've fallen off or going back to the teams that they originally rooted for, but it's all good. Uh, let's see. At Big Dog Dad, Big Dog Dad 86. I always remember being so proud to have the whole league talking about us after the Rick Nash goal against the then Phoenix Coyotes. The whole league was put on notice that we had a bona fide stud 
who would have to be watched by everyone. I remember that night. I'm pretty sure I spilled my beer. I'm pretty sure. Spilled my beer all over the house uh, when that happened. Uh, yeah, but I will I will disagree with you on just this part. Uh, that happened in, what, 09 maybe or 08, 09. Uh, I will argue that I think Rick Nash was thought of as being a bona fide stud the minute he was drafted. So, um, but... Good point, though. That uh, that Arizona game was insane. I'm sorry. Phoenix game was insane. Uh, let's see. At Diana Tambini, I remember issues with Lamar Hunt being allowed to own an NHL team here, and Mr. Max stepped up to take it on for the city. After the team was awarded and work began on the arena, I would drive my son in circles around the construction site watching them dig and build. I remember leaving Columbus State every single day after class and driving by where Nationwide Boulevard um, well, what I guess is now in Nationwide Boulevard, dead ends in, right there into uh, High Street. And uh, just seeing the hole in the ground and seeing them tear everything down, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I, I remember that. I definitely, definitely remember that. All right, let's see. Gopnik Hockey Life. Shout out, Mikhail. Watching the Jackets on TV take a 3-0 lead in the first period of the inaugural game only to piss it away. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of become a... Uh, a common theme, right? From day one of 2000 to uh, uh, just a few days ago in 2023, um, pissing away large leads. That's pretty funny. Uh, at CBJ Opinions, first game I went to a random winter game in 0506 versus Detroit and got beat down four to one. These are just funny because they're true. It, it, all the old heads will just know. Um, first game I ever went to in 2000 was against Detroit. And I think we got beat four, four to one, or maybe even like four to two. So, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, at Little Boomer, uh, shout out Little Boomer. Watching the expansion draft and hearing the name Ron Tugnut. Dot dot dot. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, Ron Tugnut, Tugnut for president. Uh, let's see, at Union in Blue, shout out to those guys. The first game I attended was the second game in franchise history, a 7-1 loss to LA Kings. So that, yeah, lots of losses in those first couple years. Uh, at CJ Watkins, 1995, shout out to CJ, um, yeah, Christian, and Michaela there. Honestly, I believe it was Kivy's passing uh, when Michaela, his wife, and I moved here in 2021. That was the first big piece of Blue Jacket news. Uh, yeah, terrible time, right? Um, I will always remember where I was at when I heard that. That was just, uh, yeah, pretty terrible time. Uh, Sarah Kent, waiting in line for green seats. <laughs> it's just, my comment back was, oi. Uh, oh, man, those green seats. Everybody just got down there at like 3 o'clock on a work day waiting for green seats. In 2009, Against the playoff team, the playoff series against the Red Wings, I actually waited in line for green seats for the playoff series, playoff game. So that was pretty cool. Uh, at Dempster underscore Reed, I took my son. He's been to many other sports, but when he saw the lights and heard the sounds, he fell in love with the game. Hundred percent true. Um, I did the same thing. My son did the same thing too. So uh, let's see. At T Frick twenty nine, pushing the pins in the arena map to choose our seat location. 214 may of 2000 uh I, I don't know what that means but it definitely sounded fun uh I, you know i didn't get my season tickets uh till later on but you know been watching games since and going to games since day one so don't know what that means but it sounded pretty cool i know the psl thing was pretty cool back in the day uh at fifth line hilliard my sister convincing me convincing me 
let me start over because that was terrible. My sister convincing me to suction cup an empty breath mint container to my nose when I was probably around 9 or 10 just for it to be immediately put on the Jumbotron. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, let's see. At Nelson1627, I was a huge fan of the Sabres growing up because the CBJ didn't exist at the time. In December of 2000, I went to a CBJ versus Ducks game, and the Jackets absolutely dominated them in a 5-2 win. Uh, ever since, I've been a fan. Hashtag sure know how to pick them. Yeah. Um, fun. Let's see. At Fifth Line Fan, watching Matt Calvert's OT winner in Game 2 against Pittsburgh in 2014. Probably ran around my house 200 times. Yeah. Uh, Matt Calvert absolutely put uh, the Blue Jackets, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say on the map. I mean, that was our first um, first playoff win, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, yeah, that was... Um, Man, I remember that. Holy smokes. Um, let's see. At Arthur on Sports, seeing the team see, seeing the team name announcement being mentioned on Channel 43 Sports Extra up here in Cleveland. Yeah, that caught a lot of people off guard when they said uh, Blue Jackets. A lot of people didn't understand what was going on. At Cassie underscore 12, going to my first game with husband, was asking him a million and one questions and cheering for a fight. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, we've all been new. It's all good, right? Uh, at MT underscore Howie. Inaugural season, my fraternity brothers bought me a three-game package. Section 218 below the press box. You could hear them. Yes, I love sitting up by Rimmer and McGilligate because you can hear them. I remember how steep the stairs were and thought I'd better not drink too much. I've been in 218, glass, club level, all over. Not a bad seat in the arena for the fifth line. Absolutely true. There is not a single bad seat in that arena, I will 100% guarantee you that. Uh, let's see. At Papa Baker, I was a day one season ticket holder, remembering going through the nationwide tour before the season first game. Took a big lead, ended up with our first loss, but was hooked nonetheless. Same. Uh, man. Underscore John Gooden, 314. Sorry, 314. Went the first game ever, enjoyed it. But not sold. Years later, my teenage daughter and I started going to games together, hooked ever since the first game we attended. She was even on the Cannon Crew for a few years after high school. That's dope. Shout out to the Cannon Crew. They do a hell of a job. Uh, let's see. Kevin Knight, KK22530. Watching the inaugural game at home and erupting when Bruce Gardner scored the first goal against the Blackhawks, a 3 0 start, only to result in a 6 3 loss. The start of a love I can't give up no matter how bad it lets me down. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God, these are so funny, man. That that first game was just a uh, man, such a dark omen for this franchise, but it was fun. Uh, at CBJ at CBJ fan seventy seven, I was flipping through the channels and TV, and I flipped on the Blue Jackets playing the Penguins, March eleventh, two thousand sixteen, to be exact, and I was hooked ever since. I'm jealous of anyone who says the first game on October seventh, two thousand. Eh, don't be jealous. Some of us are just older. Um, I'm trying to think of that March 11th, 2016 game. Was that the seven? Was that the Hartnell hat trick game? Maybe I'd have to look that up. I don't remember. Uh, let's see. At Casey May, Casey Miser. I was interested in minor league hockey for a few years. Then in 2019, we had a school trip to the CBJ game and it was so fun. And I've been obsessed ever since. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty common theme. People just becoming obsessed. 
at Brian Vance 11. I remember watching a newscast announcing that Columbus was getting a team, being a lifelong fan. I was pumped. Yeah, same. We didn't get to watch too much hockey in here in Columbus uh, before the Blue Jackets, so... Uh, let's see, at basement underscore Michael, Valentine's weekend, 2018 or 19, took my wife to the Islanders game, she was a fan, I'm assuming the Islanders, uh, enjoyed it so much, we got season tickets for the next season, been going ever since, that's dope, uh, at Copper Top, that's funny, after watching my monsters hoist the Calder Cup, seeing them play for the Jackets, I literally moved from Cleveland to Columbus to watch the Jackets players I saw grow up through Monsters Hockey, get their shot in the NHL, and they get traded away. Yeah, a lot of those guys are gone now. Um, I'm trying to think, man, on that team. And is it Varensky? Is he the only one left? I don't know. Corpusalo traded. Anderson. Bjorky. Wow, man, I don't know. But man, what a what a, man that that I went to a bunch of games during that Calder Cup run. That was pretty fun. Uh, at Heidi C A one eight hundred four nine six four. I hope that's not a phone number. Just kidding. Uh, was 2002 or 2003 and my job gave me two tickets on the glass. Never watched hockey before that. Was uh, Well, she, she, put a, she put an age on here, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, never, never watched hockey before that. She was blah, blah, blah years old. Hooked ever since. Uh, let's see. Who is this? Master Cobra Fire. St. Louis Blues in 2014 here in the Cannonball for the first time in person. That's what got me hooked on hockey. Yeah, I think it was opening night 2007 is when they debuted the cannon. And I remember it went off for the first time, and people literally thought a bomb went off because nobody knew what to expect. That was pretty fun. We played the Ducks. I think we lost. Uh, imagine that. Going to my first game with my dad in 05-06 opener. We lost 3-1, to but I had the time of my life sitting behind the players. They handed out magnetic calendars that I put on my fridge, and I watched every other game that year on TV, and I've been diehard ever since. Uh, I'm sorry, that was uh, Aiden Barnofsky. At CBJ underscore takes. Not sure why, but drafting Liam Foody. <laughs> hey, he's got three goals now. He's got three goals. So, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, keep watching Liam Foody. Uh, let's see. At Liam uh, W-A-S-E-L-K-O. Wasoko, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the 2011-2012 season, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad year. Oh, Jeff Carter. Let's see, at Ms. Moore, one, two, three, four. We moved here from California, same year the Blue Jackets were a team, and I remember thinking how effing awesome it was to be back in the Midwest. It's awesome. At 2016 underscore sucked. First game ever I went to was back in 07 with my pops. Uh, his first game also, lost two under the stars, still had a blast. When I saw the Cannon jersey and I thought it looked nice, that was at Matt Moore's 220. Canyon jersey is a little tattered, a little old now. I think it needs some updating, but it's still a dope-ass jersey. Let's see. At DJ Dijon, Ron Tugnut, LOL. He said nut. That was about 12 at the time. Oh, Ronnie Tugnut. Uh, at spare underscore change son. That's Colin. Going to our first regular season game. Win over the Leafs at Nationwide with my dad and now past grandpa. The only thing the three of us ever got to do together, so it's a top memory for me. That's pretty dope, man. Uh, at Wamsley87, Jacket sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course. That was uh, that brought in a ton of new fans. Let's see. At Madigan O'Brien, my first memory being a CJ fan. CBJ fan was on my eighth birthday. My parents had gotten glass seeds for myself and them, and Stinger happened to be giving out birthday bags, and mine had signed 
Birthday card from Rick Nash and Matt Calvert. That's pretty sweet. Uh, John Phoenix, my first game. Played the Yotes, the great one, Nash, Fedorov. Man. Dean the Canuck, at Dean the Canuck, walking into the arena on a lacrosse road trip from Canada to see the Toronto Rock and the Land Sharks. I ditched the Leafs after the... After, I'd ditched the lease after a lifetime of torture and immediately fell in love with the arena, and I was a Jackets fan from day one. Good. Don't ever pick up that lease jersey ever again. Uh, go CBJ8. Watching Kevin Deneen play at Nationwide. Oh, man, Kevin Deneen. Is he a coach somewhere now, I think? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, Arizona, maybe? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Under my thumb. The look in Nick Foligno's eyes when he went after Steven Stamkos after the sucker punch. Yeah, and I, I still don't think he ever. Uh, I think I think Foligno let that go. I don't think he ever. Uh, I don't think he ever uh, got his revenge on that. Um, at underscore Blue Jacks, first ever preseason home game against uh, Detroit sellout. Yeah, they sold out a sold out of a preseason game. That was pretty sweet. Let's see, K. Tamara, when Artemi Panera was straight to Columbus and was playing there, fell in love with the team and still my favorite team, although I, of course, follow Artemi with the Rangers because a lot of people did. Carl Epperson, my wife and I are day one depositors, whatever that means. I'm, I'm assuming day one season ticket holders, maybe. And we're called to come in and select our seats. On the wall was a giant seating chart. They gave us two stick pins, which we placed on the chart. On our two seats at 108, where we still sit today, we are now officially season ticket holders. That's sweet. It'd be better if you just like threw a dart at that at that uh, seating chart. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, let's see, Jill Rock 12. When they built the building, yeah, a lot of us got to watch the building being built. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Todd Troutman buying my CBJ inaugural coffee mug in 1999. I still have it. <laughs> I do have I, I do have a couple things from the inaugural season. Uh, let's see. Mitchell Wilson, watching Sillinger get a hat trick last year. That was pretty sweet. Was that Vegas, I think, he got the hat trick against? Let's see. Elijah Urbanek. I hope I say your last name right, man. Uh, Jeff Carter trade. I was excited. Carter was really good. I'm sorry. Carter was really, really good. Yeah, he was really, really good. Mm. Blue Jackets, Sage. Standing by the Zamboni entrance, opening night for the first time. First ever warm-up. The music, the crowd, the speed. In that moment, I fell in love with watching hockey. I never knew... That I would love the NHL so much. Man, same. I used to go to chill games all the time. It just was not the same as it is uh, uh, the NHL. So, let's see. J.D. Millsap. I became a fan while in uni. University, I'm thinking. Um, the guy who lived next to me in the dorms would want to play NHL 11 all the time. We could randomize. We could only randomize teams, and I would always go. And I always got the jackets. I cannot read today, guys. Sorry. I learned the team so well that year that I just kept following them. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Michael Manley, M Squad eighty one. The announcement of Blue Jackets uh, were a hockey team. That's pretty, no doubt. Uh, CP Sports Analysis ten nothing win versus Montreal. Man, that game will always stick in my mind. I took my son to that game, and it was so packed in there. We. We parked on the top of the parking garage, and it took us an hour and a half to get out. That game was just insane. Um, let's see. A few more here. Let's see. All right. At Cap Pappy. Cappy Pappy. The 4-0 loss to the Avalanche January 10th, 2001. We lost, but that game made me forget all about the Columbus chill, and I was a full-board Blue Jackets fan. 
My grandfather gave me tickets because this team fucking sucks. I don't want to waste gas. Here you go. <laughs> I was nine for context. <laughs> it's so good. Um, good on you, man. 20 plus years. I like it. Let's see. Coaster Conquest. Going berserk when Nash scored that goal against Arizona. Yeah, and as I said earlier, I pretty much spilled my beer and made a really loud noise. Uh, all right, man. Last one. Here we go. At Bushido613. Probably back in 2006, holding the American flag at a preseason game when times were easier. Yeah, that was, uh, man, they did all kinds of crazy stuff uh, back in the day. I do, if, there is a video on YouTube. It is a random CBJ game at Nationwide Arena. And it's actually it actually turned out to be the very first home win for the Blue Jackets. And it was against the Washington Capitals. And you got to watch this thing. It's from you know like October of 2000, and to see all of the um, the different you know logos and the different sponsors and the people and and even the players, you can tell like pay attention to the goalie and how they play. It's comp- it, I mean 23 years later, and it seems like it's it's completely different. So um, yeah, it's uh it, it's it's been a wild wild ride but you could definitely see a lot of those uh different videos and stuff on on youtube and it's good to it's good to pull that stuff up there so um definitely um definitely different now um i still think um i still think you know obviously it's better now but you should hear it on that video there were i mean fan chants you know after a goal scored and the fans you know sung the song and everything so Pretty funny. I think uh, I think we we need to get back into that a little bit with the uh, with the chance and you know I mean we have CBJ and Let's Go Jackets, but man, we need something like we need something hardcore. We need something a lot. You know, we need to be we need to be fun is what we need to do. Like this is it's got to be um, we got to make this uh, got to make this fun again in Nationwide Arena and you know boo the boo the opposing teams, boo their goalies, boo their power play. Um, cheer our PK. Like we got to do something. Um, I've said this for a long time now. I think the goal song needs to change. I think the the atmosphere needs to get a little more rowdy. It's definitely fan friendly. It's definitely kid friendly, and and that's fine. That, that's fine. Um, but I think it needs. I think we need to step it up a little bit and be be uh, be a little more rowdy. Be more adults about it. Um, other teams, fans treat us like absolute garbage. Uh, they don't respect us. They don't respect our team. They don't respect our arena. They don't respect a bit of it. So I feel like we need to uh, step up and, and let them know that we're dissatisfied with that. Make it hard to play at Nationwide Arena again. Obviously, this year is a little different, but uh, we need to make it hard to play at Nationwide Arena again when we were, you know, a couple of years ago when we were winning uh, 30 games at home or whatnot. So um I think that's about it. I think that's about it. I wanted to um, read all those responses on that I got from Twitter. I got a ton of response on that. So everybody I read, I appreciate it. Uh, I'll make sure you guys uh, make sure you guys get a link to the pod and everything, so you guys can listen to. So uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we got, um, like I said, we got a game coming up Saturday night against St. Louis. Um, should be a good game. They're struggling, so I'd imagine they'll probably blow us out, but it's all good. Um, but I think that's all I got. So, guys, hit me up on Twitter, Fire the Cannon, at F1RE the Cannon, and I think that's about it. So, I will see y'all later.